make them feel comfortable, make them feel confident in the care they're getting, and they're able to trust what you're doing for them is in, in every effort is to make them better. We have every size of simulator. We have a 25-week preemie. We have a newborn. We have a child. We have different ages, sizes, and all of those types of, of experiences for the students. Never allow yourself to think you know it all. Produced by Podcast Architects. Welcome to Healthcare Calling. I'm Chelsea Reber, and today I'm joined by Sammy Rahman, the director of the Simulation and Clinical Labs at Blinn. If you'd like to learn more about Blinn's nursing program, make sure to click on the link in the description to head to the website. Sammy, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Tell me a little bit more about yourself and how you got involved at Blinn. Well, it started back in 2006. I was just transitioning from working at a special needs camp and did a little bit of home care in between and was told about an opportunity at Blinn College. And so I applied and stepped in and actually started as a lab coordinator and then moved into a faculty position in the spring of 2007. Well, let's backtrack a little bit. I want to know how you got into the nursing profession and when you knew it was something that you really wanted to pursue. Well, it's somewhat well over 40 years ago. I was uh, actually had an undergraduate degree at Baylor University, and I wanted to go into healthcare medical research. And so I graduated and went to work at MD Anderson and spent a couple of years in cardiopulmonary research there. But I wanted more. I really felt it was something that uh, was kind of drawing me in. And I spent time in patients' rooms doing different things, drawing blood, special procedures and things for the research we were doing. And I spoke to a couple of the nurses, got to know them very well. And after a while, it was just evident I needed to make a transition. And so I talked to a few people and stepped in and did the application and went to nursing school. You mentioned the special needs camp that you worked at before coming to Blinn. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I can only imagine that that was a very interesting position that you held for a it while. It was because I really wasn't there as a nurse as mm. much as I was there to try to create programs and be sensitive to the different types of needs that kids have that may have cancer, that might have muscular dystrophy, spina bifida, uh, different different elements of challenges for kids and even young adults and even into adulthood. So they opened this camp in 1998, and I actually stepped in and was behind the scenes working with them on a committee to, to develop the processes, and I was invited to come on board to help with their accreditation, and eventually they talked me into leaving the big world of uh, uh, the, the nursing world and go to camp. So it sounds like you've had a lot of different experiences. How does that help you in the role that you have today? Well, I feel think it opens my, my thought processes. There's no limits in my mind to the things that you can do and how to create experiences and allow students to get engaged differently. I think over the years, even as I talked about it, as I was teaching pediatrics, I talked about the the possibilities that you can have in nursing that are different than most any other career. You don't, you're not tied into a hospital setting. So I feel like the the energy that you can put into nursing uh, can can draw you into a number of different arenas. 
you're in charge of the simulation lab at yes. Blinn. Tell me a little bit more about that and how it compares to maybe other simulation labs that you've seen. Well, I, I'm very proud of the simulation environment that we have. We've been really blessed by the college and their support and allowing us to kind of build something that really didn't exist in, uh, before 2011. And they came together and decided that this was something, it was a vision that uh, many of us had thought about. And the, the funding and the encouragement to uh, kind of build that process came, came to, into fruition in 2011. And we've been going ever since. It's, a, it's an opportunity to engage students in a way that you can't by just having them sit in a classroom. So what exactly do students do in the simulation lab? Well, it's kind of an amazing thing that you can put together. There's so many different things. You can actually do things like actually simplistic case studies, but the students will do basic skills. They'll learn how to uh, do the processes that you generally practice in nursing, and I can name a number of different types of skills, but it's not as much as allowing them to interact with uh, some amazing equipment that like simulators that breathe that actually have heart sounds and lung sounds and they the realism kind of begins to kind of creep up on them and allow them to just work as if they were taking care of patients and then we also have the opportunity to bring in real people standardized patients we call them or simulated patients so that they can help the students in their communication we can bring them to a place and teach them a lot of different things that they can do mechanically. But in order to be good, caring individuals and to be someone who's a good listener, you have to learn how to ask the right questions and to engage the patient and build trust. And so they have to learn that therapeutic verbiage, the words that people need to hear so that they, they trust you. The simulation lab seems like a great time for students to start that practice before life and death actually becomes part of the equation. Yes, th that's the safe place. That's what we call our simulation environment. Mm -hmm. I just recently, uh, this, last, this past week, worked with students where the opportunity for them to come in to this environment, and if you make mistakes, there's no harm. It's a learning process moment they can they can take that and it's something they may never forget and 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 many instances and I shared with with the students some of those things that you know students have called back on the phone and gotten back in touch with me and said you won't believe what happened it was just like what we were doing in in the setting in the lab setting and working and I saw this and I heard this and I knew this and responded because we they had the practice and then there's things that if the mistake they made uh, in, in real life could be very devastating. If you mm -hmm. give the wrong medication and the, the side effects can be problems and if you don't ask the right questions to the patient. But if they do that in the simulation lab, they literally have an opportunity to go back and we talk about it. And we don't talk about it in a punishment type of way. We talk about it, where can we go from here? How do we improve? And that process, I think, leads them to build their confidence. So it's almost kind of like a replay, review type session that you can go through with the students after the lab. Absolutely. I think that's what's 
really unique in this environment. We actually even have the ability for the students to be uh, able to record themselves. You know, athletes get an opportunity to have an instant replay. Mm-hmm. A batter, I mean, I watch sports. I love baseball in particular. And they sit in the dugout after they've struck out or after they've hit a home run, and they can see their play again. How did they – what was what went well, what went wrong, what mm-hmm. were they doing in the follow-through? Well, this is an opportunity that we have the students can, uh, to do. They, they're able to literally see – and then learn from what they see. They can see, are they talking directly to the person? Are they looking away? Are they looking down? How do you have them learn any better than just seeing how they are in action? You have to tell me how much fun it is to come up with different scenarios for the students to participate in. Well, uh, for me, I, I love this world. And it's just something that it's like a, been a gift to me. It's mm-hmm. a, an addition to the experience in teaching. And so coming and working with faculty and, and talking about what do we need to do because a good simulation only is a, as good as the objectives that you have. And that, that really is a, the most, one of the most serious parts of it. And then we can add the excitement and the fun and the different things that we can do and the moulage and the makeup and the changes that you can make for a patient. But it's coming up with what it is that we need the students to learn from this experience and that they understand that we're trying to get them better and better so that when they get into the real clinical setting or they're independently practicing out there that's going to happen, their confidence level is really important and they can they can do this this practicing so we have a great time now there are some experienced uh, faculty that I work with and they're very creative on their own and when we sit down to kind of do a mind melt of the experience and what we're going to plan and do we have a great time doing it and we we try to mock it up and we actually try to practice it ourselves so that it can be more realistic for the students because there's nothing worse than them to go in cold and we we don't know enough to help them. Sure, sure. And so what kind of classes use your simulation lab and is it just nursing students or are there other students that also get to participate? Yes, we actually work with all the programs that here in the health sciences. We've actually integrated with our emergency medicine uh, group, EMTs and paramedics, our physical therapy assistant program, our radiology uh, technologist uh, students, and our surgical technology students. And all of those at times, and, and at least a couple of times a year, we, a year, we actually collaborate. And all the students are in a big experience together, and they learn how to communicate with one another. How do they interact with each other? And how do they talk because the languages between each of the health professions are a little bit different. Mm. Some of the language that an EMT and a paramedic use when they talk about at the scene and we're packaging the patient, what does that mean? Sure, yeah. And then they're getting information. And so when they communicate, we have to learn to understand their terminology. They have to learn to understand our terminology so that Everything we're doing is going to make sure that patient is safe as possible. Because it's not just about the nurse and the patient. There are other people involved, especially in emergency situations. Absolutely. There are so many 
intricate pieces in, in that process. And so that's what the experience is in bringing this faculty that have a very eclectic background. Everybody has worked in different areas. Some has worked in medical surgical. Some have worked in the emergency room. Some have worked in the intensive care. Uh, some have actually been paramedics and have gone into practice and, and then transitioned in, into nursing. And we're doing that program right now uh, with, with students, and that's just been a rewarding thing to see their transition. So that perspective it brings in really makes a difference uh, for growth and development and the future of healthcare. Do you want to learn the five steps you must take now to prevent attrition in your nursing staff? Click the link in the description and fill out a form to receive our informational sheet. So Sammy, walk me through exactly what the Sim Lab looks like and what a student kind of experiences when they walk in for the first time. Well, it's more than just a hospital environment. It is as realistic as you possibly can get. You, you walk into the room and you see the typical hospital bed and over the top of the bed, you see a head wall. Well, everything a part of that head wall is just absolutely identical to what you see in the hospital setting. Everything turns on. We can take that um, oxygen and that air and connect it. We can um, take that suction, that situation, uh, and, and, and make it all work. And so the students aren't pretending uh, anything. It's as realistic as they can. And the simulators that we have, they actually, they're, they breathe just like you and I do. And we can control that. We can actually make the breathing very fast or make the breathing very slow. We have every size of simulator. We have a 25-week preemie. We have a newborn. We have a child. We have uh, different ages, sizes, and all of those types of, of experiences for the students allow them to begin to see people look alike. We can all look around at different people, and nobody looks the same. So some of these simulators or their patients may look a little unique and different because of the design that they have to be. But our students, and especially our EMS and paramedic students and advanced uh, nursing students, they can actually put a tube in to help that patient breathe just like you would in the hospital. So most everything that you can do from medications infusing, IV insertion, any of those types of things that you would do in the real setting of the hospital, you can do and practice over and over again because the type of equipment and they have access, the type of trainers and simulators, uh, and we can put wearable devices even on real people so that it's it's almost magical at times. It's as close to real life as you can get Absolutely. without having a, a real patient who needs real help. Right. And what are some specific examples of procedures or situations that a student might walk into in the sim lab? Well, you could walk in and a patient be uh, struggling to breathe, uh, short of breath, and maybe perspiring and sweating and, and having some difficulty uh, just just breathing and coughing and, and, and different things like that. So they have the ability to make adjustments. They, they walk in. I, I always tell them, you got to use all your senses so they can walk in, look, listen, take in any odors that might be unique and different, anything that 
that you need to do, and they can literally respond to that patient. And most of the time, we actually have a real person sitting there as a part of it, and they're great actors. Our, our patients are very great actors. And so they can react in a positive way and remember, what is the steps? What do I need to do? Basic things. I can readjust the patient in the bed, sit them up. So everything works just like that. Uh, there are a number of procedures like actually inserting uh, an IV where they can literally get medications in an emergency uh, and and change the dynamics of what's going on with that patient almost immediately if they react and respond the way they're supposed to. It sounds like incredible hands-on experience for it the is. students. It's very engaging. And even the students who are nervous and fearful at first that, uh, that they get, are able to dispel that disbelief very quickly because we just keep going. And so when, if you keep going, they've got to keep responding or, or do something or get out of the room. Sure. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's, it just sounds like that is something that not every single nursing program in the country can implement into their program. I'm sure a lot do or, or try to have certain practice situations, but um, it truly sounds like that sets Blinn apart from a lot. So Absolutely. And, and there, there are other dimensions of, of things that we do as well as virtual reality because we have the uh, types of headsets that they can like literally now are in the room, feeling their way through, walking, and they've got, you know, they're, they're like, this is like a gaming world almost, but it's patient care. And so that seems to be just another dimension that the students respond to as well. And I know that there's a lot of technology and there's a lot of bells and whistles, but you mentioned it earlier that the true art of being a nurse is also about patient care, is about patient care completely. Um, how much is focused on the students learning how to just interact with the patient as a person? That is the most fundamental thing we do, and it starts in the very beginning, in the very first semester, and we continue it each semester because we build on that process. But in their very first weeks of school, they learn to try to practice interviewing. So they practice with one another in interviewing and uh, try various other students and hear and learn ways and cues to hear certain things. Then we bring in real people and they start to interview this real person. So they now can't predict the answers any longer because with a student that you know, you kind of know that this is this and this is that and, and uh, it's not, not as you know challenging, but that next level where they have to literally ask the right questions, try to, try to get the person to tell them and to get comfortable enough. So they learn about eye contact. They learn about... Uh, touching in an appropriate and professional way because people the 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 gift of uh for a patient at times is that they need a little touch mm. they need some reassurance and that makes a big difference in when somebody's feeling at their worst mm -hmm. and you're there to try to at least enhance that process for them well, it sounds like a huge hit, the simulation lab, but what is some specific feedback you've received from alumni and faculty members? 
Well, I would say that uh, students, we get feedback as often as we can. And I just actually just were re was reviewing uh, this, uh, this past week some of the feedback the students were giving. And they were really uh, engaged. They were really positive about the experience because they did, we reminded them, this is the place that you're going to learn. This is a safe environment. The information you've already heard about, you already basically know how to care for this patient, but now there's a different little situation that's going to be there, and you're going to have to respond, react, notice things, and that's what they are excited about. Do you have a recent memory of, of a light bulb moment that you witnessed in the sim lab? Yeah, there, uh, there's been uh, situations where, uh, in particular, one of the students had um, some some things that they had read and they had prepared and they were, you know, they felt like they were really, you know, comfortable. But to walk in and see what was going on with the patient and then suddenly it just clicked for them and you could see and they just went right in and step by step, step by step. I've, I've had students call me with that excitement to say, you won't believe what just happened. It was an amazing experience. I, I walked through this, and everything we learned, I remembered. And she said the most exciting part about it was that when the patient was about to be transferred, we had stabilized them. The charge nurse said, I'll take the patient up. You can stay here and kind of straighten things up. And the doctor looked and said, no, she was the one that's responsible to have discovered this and brought this all together and really was a part of making sure this patient now is alive. She needs to go up and be with the patient and give the report. It's incredible. Yeah. I'm sure there are other sim labs and other programs all over the country, but what about blends really sets it apart, especially from other programs maybe within the state? Well, I would say that we've had a, an amazing amount of support support from Blend College in general, but we certainly had support from our community. We've had families donate funds to help our students in their first semesters with scholarships. We've had equipment that has been donated. We get support at so many different levels, and we have grown. We're, we were one of the first community colleges in the state of Texas to have some of the equipment that we have, and Students actively engage with that equipment on a regular basis, so they're, they're almost used to it, and I don't know what they would do. I went to nursing school, and we had none of this. That's what I was going to say. I, I ha it has to be amazing to have started nursing when you did, and you have truly seen so much growth, it, it, even just advancement in technology within the industry. What is your hope for the future of nursing? Well, I feel like that, you know, all the bells and whistles and things are wonderful, uh, but my hope is what we do is we create a, a, a transforming mindset that these young and whatever age students that were graduating, not just from nursing, but from any of these healthcare professions, that they can step out and be stronger and they can be smarter. They can think at a different level because the patients that we see now in the hospital settings, they are there and they're in a sicker state. Mm. 
they don't, you don't go in the hospital and stay very long anymore. People used to go in and it was a respite to, your my back hurts, you know, and you're there for a week, you know, kind of being mm-hmm. taken care of. Now it's, you go in and you only get to stay maybe 24, 48 hours unless things are really bad mm-hmm. and they're having to deal with a number of different problems. So having students ready for those challenges the, the patients are never happy when you're in the hospital. Nobody wants to go to the hospital these days. So as a healthcare professional, in particular in nursing, what you can do to make that time as, as best as possible, make them feel comfortable, make them feel confident in the care they're getting, and they're able to trust what you're doing for them is, in, in every effort is to make them better. What are some of the biggest challenges that nurses face today, and how is Blinn's nursing program helping address that? Well, strictly recently, the numbers have just really dramatically changed. I think, you know, there's n- numbers of things that have affected it, but it's it's hard when you've got an aging nur- nursing population in the hospital, an aging nursing population in, in education. Those things affect the future, and unless we can engage the, the present and engage those minds that and have them see the, the, the opportunity, the passion, the caring that they can be a part of and, and make it exciting. And, and I'm telling you, the technology of today uh, and the experiences of what, what they can be a part of is, is quite amazing but it's hard work. Mm-hmm. And so we have to find a way for them to go beyond that hard work, those long hours, that intensity. Um, and they, it's not that the pay is, is bad. That pay is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's probably better in nursing mm-hmm. than in a lot of uh, environments. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a, it's, it takes a lot out of you. It's an emotional uh, challenge. I worked with kids with cancer for over 20 years mm-hmm. and, and saw them in every light, including it at, at, in camps and different things like that. And so something, you know, changes internally. But if it's something like this, if it's something that you love what you do, it makes makes a difference. And so we have to infuse that excitement for the future into these students. What advice do you have to a recent graduate from the program who is just starting their nursing career? Never allow yourself to think you know it all. <laughs> Always be ready to learn something new. I'm learning something new, and I've done this for 40 years. And part of it is because they keep changing and having to adapt different things. We we have so many more different types of medications and approaches to treatment. We're seeing so much more in the, well, or the realm of successes the types of surgeries that they can do, the the different types of treatments that they can get. And even now in the, the research that's going on in, in cancer in particular, we're changing a lot of what we've done and we're seeing such great success. So we want to be a part of it. We want, we want to bring along. I, I want to look over my shoulders and see the replacements because I think that they, we need them. And they, they, need, they need us right now to encourage them and to be a part of being a cheerleading uh, process. And I don't mean it in kind of a goofy or silly way, sure. but we, we, we need to be encouraging mm-hmm. and we need to remember what it was like to be a student. We can't forget what it was like because it wasn't easy. And 
their lives are even more complicated than my life was when I was going to school. So being there, being present, and being willing to adapt because we know that learning has changed as well. And finally, Sammy, I want to know your answer to this question. Why should a prospective student apply to Blinn? Well, as far as I'm concerned, it's the best place ever. And and I've been familiar. I didn't go to Blinn um, as, a, as a student, but I've, since I've been here, I've seen it start with pictures on the walls that showed what different equipment looked like to now an environment that's so realistic and so much like the hospital setting that they're going to get excellent, excellent education. There's great faculty here, passionate, caring people that want to see them succeed. And I think that maybe other schools feel the same way. We have an an amazing pass rate, and that comes because you have good students. uh, And they're not all geniuses, but they want to do this. And so the support that uh, we're given, the support that we give, it's, it's something that just makes the difference. Well, Sammy Rahman, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. That is another episode of Healthcare Calling. Thank you for joining us. If you want to learn more about Blinn's nursing program, just click the link in the description to head to the website. Produced by Podcast Architects.